Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? This is your boy Reggie Watkins, and you're listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. We don't need none of that. And make sure you're finding us wherever you find your podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Share the podcast. But make sure you just find us at Believe.com. B-L-E-A-V.com. That's our home site. But you can find us everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, uh, all that other stuff. LinkedIn. No, we ain't on LinkedIn. But we are we everywhere. And my man Kevin Cleland, as usual, is running the show, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's up? How you doing, brother? Reggie, I'm doing great, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm hitting this lull as we get to the end of the NFL season. I know you and I both love the NFL, and there's other sports, and we talk about it, but um, here we are. This is it. AFC, NFC Championships. Yes, we are two days away from the from the championships, and uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the season, and we've already had a slow sports week, and there were some topics that came up that I'm going to touch on. Uh, we're going to get Reggie's picks, of course, because I made money last week, so I'm going to make y'all some money this week. We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers and their head coaching, higher and not higher. But first up, NFL Conference Championship Weekend is here. We have finally gotten through all the nonsense of the regular season. We got through. We've had some really good playoff. I mean, I mean, when when this when they made it to where uh, what is it now? Seven teams get into the playoffs on each side. I thought, oh, it's just gonna water it down. But and when they added the extra game, the seventeenth game, I was like, oh lord, they're just trying to give us more football. It's gonna water things down. But what it's done is actually given us going into the playoffs a great last two weeks of football because they give you all the divisional matchups so that those teams are jockeying for playoff and seeding and all that stuff and then we had the wild cards which are great and last week the divisional games there was I mean I thought those games were really good right I mean we ended up with a snowstorm uh up in Buffalo where the Bengals went up there and took out the bills who were everybody's Super Bowl favorite coming into this year based off of losing to Kansas City last year. I don't know how that happened, but for some reason, we all just thought that this was going to be the thing, and it turned out not to be the thing because, of course, they got littered by a bunch of injuries, and and the Bengals went in there, which we picked last week. I picked the Bengals to cover. Um, I just thought they were going to win that game because they've got more weapons. They have the better team, and the Buffalo Bills, even though they're playing at home, and we want to call that a home field advantage that they get to play in the snow, they don't practice in the snow. So it's not really an advantage for anybody. The advantage goes to the team that's healthier and the team that's better, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but it was a it was just a, a a good game to see the Cincinnati side because they were playing without three starting offensive linemen, and they found a way to get it done, which I think speaks volumes about how good Joe Burrow is, how good that that offense is, and how, how good of a play caller Zach Taylor is, but also speaks to how bad and how how much the Buffalo Bills missed Von Miller. I mean, I think that game right there, you come out of that only having much more appreciation for Von Miller. I mean, look at your team, Kevin, the Rams. Y'all lost Von Miller. That changed your entire defense. When he came there, it changed their entire defense. As soon as they got Von Miller, I knew they were winning the Super Bowl. They got Von Miller, and then when they added Odell, I was like, oh, God, it's, there's there's nothing you can do. They have two dope receivers, a good quarterback, a defense that can hit you at every level of, of the defense. They're going to be amazing. And that's what the Buffalo Bills had until they lost 
all their DBs. They lost Von Miller. And then Josh Allen just started throwing a bunch of turnovers. And looking, uh, you know, like I've said for a while. I always thought he was good. But, I mean, he's starting to look like just a, another really good quarterback. But um, he's looking like a lot. Let me, let me give you this comparison, Kevin. Would you say Josh Allen is a less m- melanated uh, Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton won a Super Bowl. I mean, got to a Super Bowl, won an MVP, was a team's whole running game. That's the difference between Cam Newton and Josh Allen to me is, I mean, they're throwing the same same yards, same touchdowns, things like that. But Cam Newton was also the running game for his team, right? So the Josh Allen hype is kind of, it, it's kind of slowing down a little bit. But the worst thing that came out of this weekend was the overhype of Joe Burrow. Divisional round, we saw Patrick Mahomes, who to me is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Not the most accomplished because that's Tom Brady because he's won a bunch of damn Super Bowls, so he's the most accomplished, but he ain't. the. If I had to have one quarterback for a season to do anything with, I'm running with Patrick Mahomes. The dude went out against the the Jacksonville Jaguars, had his leg rolled up, and still was out there playing on one leg, hobbled, and won a playoff game. But for some reason, out of this weekend, what we took out of it and what what these analysts like Dan Orlovsky and and, and Chris Sims took out of it was Joe Burrow is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. And I just don't understand how we come to these conclusions, why we have to do that. How come Joe Burrow can't just have a good weekend? Why does it have to turn into he is the best quarterback in the NFL because he beat an undermatched Buffalo Bills team? Like, I I, I don't understand. Where, Where does Joe Burrow become better than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, during the regular season, Patrick Mahomes had more passing yards. Patrick Mahomes had more yards per attempt. Completion percentages were the same. Except for Patrick Mahomes threw for 41 TDs. Joe Burrow threw for 35. Same interceptions. Joe Burrow, 100, 100 rating. Patrick Mahomes, 105. So based on the stats, where did he where, where did he pass up Patrick Mahomes? Where did we see this? And then, take it to account, Patrick Mahomes is playing without a true number one receiver. Well, I mean, that guy is in Miami now. And coming into the season, what did everybody say? Oh, we're going to see how Patrick Mahomes does losing, uh, you know, Tyreek. It's going to be a whole different offense here. They might struggle. All they did was get better. They put up more points. They just were amazing. And why were they amazing? Because they've got Patrick Mahomes and nobody else does. Joe Burrow is very dope. I'm not, and I hate when we have to do these comparisons because it starts to sound like you're you're hating on somebody. I'm just trying to bring y'all to the reality of the situation. This dude, Patrick Mahomes, is, he's LeBron on the football field. He's Jordan. This guy does everything. And and you get these these analysts. Dan Olowski was saying, well, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, is, is, is the best player in the NFL, but Joe Burrow is the best quarterback. How would those things be mutually, how would those things be exclusive? How? What, what's, what are you saying? One guy plays quarterback, but you're saying he's the best player in the NFL, and you're saying the other guy who also plays quarterback is the best quarterback in the NFL. Make it make sense. But they can't because it's just asinine and, and just ridiculous to make these kind of proclamations after seeing one game. 
Hell, Joe Burrow doesn't even have a Super Bowl win. He went to a Super Bowl and lost. He doesn't have an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has one, and he's about to have another one this year. How, how does a divisional round game make us have to come out and make these dumbass proclamations? We don't have to do it. We don't. And it's just, it, it really is, it gets disrespectful. Because this dude is so dope, and we, at every turn, we just want to act like this is just what happens. And I blame, I truly blame the sports, the sports media that we have nowadays with like the Skip Bayless, with the Stephen A's and all, and even Shannon, who used to be a dope, uh, you know, color guy, analyst. And now he's turned into kind of being one of these dudes who just gets up there and, and is getting personal with people and talking trash and taking shots. I mean, hell, you saw him at the Laker game, almost about to get into a fight. Dog, you've gone over the rails. You've gone over the rails, right? And it was dope when you have these sportscasters and they'd be former players who had a little bit of personality because they would give you the real X's and O's, but also have a little bit of charm to them. And now it's just become such a hater, like a hater landfill, right? We can't, we have to downgrade Patrick Mahomes to upgrade Joe Burrow, right? We have to downgrade Patrick Mahomes last year after the playoffs where Josh Allen lost, all of a sudden, he comes into the NFL this year as the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. Why? What did he... He lost the game to Patrick Mahomes, who in that very game got the ball back with, I think, what, 30 seconds and drove them down to get a win. But all we came out of that talking about was Josh Allen. It's just mind-boggling that we do this. And with all that being said... The Bengals are playing the Chiefs again in the AFC Championship game. And I can't wait to see this game because we've got the dudes talking trash. We got the, the, the Bengals players. We got somebody calling Arrowhead Burrowhead because he beat <laughs> he beat Patrick Mahomes once there. So and he's three and zero against him in his career. The other two games were in uh Cincinnati. And this one is the last one last last year, the AFC Championship game was in Kansas City. And so they're calling it Burrowhead. You got the guys talking back and forth, talking trash, going head to head. I think it's going to be a dope game. I can't wait. I don't know how Patrick's ankle is going to hold up because he got rolled up pretty bad. Looked like he could have broken his leg, but he didn't. And this is going to be a dope game. And even, even, even what I don't care if Joe Burrow wins the game and he goes, he's 4 0 versus Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't turn him into the greatest quarterback in the NFL. That just means his team is better, right? His team is better. He's got a better chance to win the games. It's the same thing that we've, we've done with, with LeBron James. It's like, it doesn't matter if his team isn't good. We've put on this dude that if you're going to be the GOAT, you've just got to win because Michael Jordan won and never lost in the finals while he had the best teams every single time. But now we've made it to where you if you don't win every time, you're a bum. If you don't win all the time, you just can't be the greatest. It's just it's just, it's just driving me, it's driving me insane. It's drove me insane all week. And on the other side, we got my 49ers who beat the Dallas Cowboys. And this thing about Dak Prescott. <sighs> You guys, I need you to understand something. Everybody isn't Patrick Mahomes. 
there are only one of those guys. There's only one. Hell, you want to put Joe Burrow at number two? There's only one of him, a dude that... that a dude that's got a little athleticism and processes really quick, but you've also got to take into account Joe Burrow isn't out there. He, Joe Burrow's not Patrick Mahomes. Let's just let's just keep down the baseline. He's not Patrick Mahomes. You can talk about Joe Burrow from the pocket is great. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is great from the pocket too. But guess what else he does? Patrick Mahomes runs and he throws outside the pocket and he throws behind his back and he throws sideways. He does every. That dude is a freak of nature. Dak Prescott is not that. So. Coming out of this loss, where they lost on the road to the favorite, all of a sudden we've got all the national sports talk is, can you win a Super Bowl with Dak? What? Why in the world were they supposed to win this game? Why? Because do we think Dak is Patrick Mahomes? I've already just said this. He's not. He's a top 10 quarterback. There's nothing wrong with being a top 10 quarterback. However, when you're not that guy like Patrick Mahomes, you need to have a bunch of stuff around you. And the Dallas Cowboys in that game were doing okay. Dak threw a couple of turnovers and they were still tied. That's how that they were tied in this game with Dak having thrown two interceptions. Okay. They lost their best running back, their most explosive playmaker in the backfield. Tony Pollard broke his leg. So now you've got no running game. You've got Dak with CeeDee Lamb and then a bunch of number three receivers and Dalton Schultz. What do you expect those guys to do? Their defense played lights out as much as they could playing against the Niners and Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy, all this... Man, Glock Purdy, they call him Glock Purdy in the, in the Bay. They call him, they say, oh, man, he's this, he's, a, we, I'm going to stay on deck. I'm going to stay on deck. We're going to get to Tony. We're going to get to, to, to Brock Purdy. I'm going to stay on deck. You can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. You just can't win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott if you're treating him like he's the greatest quarterback of all time. There's tons of quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls who weren't the greatest of all time. Otherwise, Montana would have won every Super Bowl he played in the year, in, in, this, in his career. He didn't. Tom Brady would have won every single year he played. He didn't. Patrick Mahomes would have won every single year he played. He hasn't. Why? Because you can win Super Bowls with quarterbacks who aren't the greatest of all time. They got to be good, but you've got to have a team around them. There's a reason why the Cowboys were looking to try to sign Odell this this offseason because they didn't have enough. You're not you you're not they 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 thought that Gallup was going Michael Gallup was going to be enough as a second receiver. He's not that dude. Noah Brown, that dude should not be on the field starting for the Dallas Cowboys. They've got a good offensive line. They've got, they had a, a, a cool running game with Tony Pollard and Zeke switching off. But now Zeke just ain't got it no more. And that dude's got to go. They've got to figure out how to get more things around Dak Prescott. And of course you can win. What they're going to have to do, though, is change up their offensive coordinator. Because the problem with the Cowboys, and I've been saying this forever, they paid Dak Prescott at the time like he was a Patrick Mahomes, but he ain't no Patrick Mahomes. But just because you paid him like that doesn't mean you got to use him like that. He's not that. You've got to run the ball. You've got to give him easy throws, easy things to do because he's not, he's not the top of the food chain at that position. You're asking the world of that dude. And, that's, and this is what I'm saying about the sportscasters. They've made it to where... 
you can't even just be a good quarterback anymore. If you're if you're not Patrick Mahomes, you're trash. Or you have to be better than Patrick Mahomes, which there is no such thing. But people like to try to prop other people up to that position. It's okay to have a good quarterback. Just get better te- get better players around him. Hell, all of a sudden, Josh Allen doesn't have enough talent around him either. That was the whole talk. Oh, Josh Allen doesn't have enough. We'll get him some more, right? First, he, he didn't have enough because he was terrible when he didn't have Stephon Diggs. They got him Stephon Diggs, and all of a sudden he started looking good. They got Gabe Davis. They got other receivers. They got a bunch. They need to get a running game. They need to do a whole lot with that team. Yes, they do. But nobody's asking, can you win, Can you not win a Super Bowl with, with Josh Allen? Why, what's the, why, why do we do that? The Dallas Cowboys got to where they were supposed to be. They made it to the divisional playoff right they lost to the second best team record-wise in the nfc that's where they're supposed to be that's that's where they're supposed to be that's where they ended up i I don't understand why we act like they were supposed to be world beaters and beat the niners same way on the other side we're acting like the cincinnati Bengals went up and just and and had no business being there against the bills they're they're the third best team in the afc they're, they're, they might win that game against the second-best team. It could happen, and it did. And today is Friday, but Wednesday, I had to hear all the stuff about my 49ers, right? And Wednesday, if you guys don't understand, Wednesday is usually – Wednesday's hump day, and, and just in life in general, right? But it's also the slowest sports day of the week because you're right in between where football ended on Sunday or Monday usually ended on Monday, but this, in this case it's Sunday and we've got all these days until we get back to Sunday and Wednesday's right in the middle. And so you're in the dog days of sports talk and what we can do and what there is to say. And of course the topic on everybody's mind was, is Brock Purdy the long-term starter for the 49ers already? Do they just give it, give him the job? And I'm listening to the likes of Tony Kornheiser. Um, uh, I, I, I can't even, who else? Ryan Clark. And all these guys are saying, he's the starter going forward. Doesn't even need to be a competition. What did you see that made you think that that is the way to go? We just saw them play against Dallas. They didn't score an offensive touchdown through the air. Bru- the... George Kittle had to make an acrobatic catch to, 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 to help seal this victory. The, uh, Trayvon Diggs had to drop an interception. To, to, Dak Prescott had to throw two interceptions for the Niners to get this win. What are we talking about here, people? Are we watching the same game? Kyle Shanahan ran, ran more play-action passes without any evidence of a running game than I'd ever seen in the first half of that game. I'm texting friend of the show, uh, Dub, Dub, my boy Dub, and he's like, Doug, why are we doing so many play-action? I'm like, Doug, they're doing it because they're trying to protect the quarterback. That's why people run play-action. I don't think you understand. What, what is play-action? Let's just go over the, the terms of what play-action is here. Play-action is where you play like you're going to hand the ball off to the running back why do you do that? Because you want the linebackers, you want the DBs to be fooled so that you get a step on them. And why do you want to step on them? Because, yeah, you want to have an advantage, right? But if you're not running the ball well, they're not really going to respect your play action. 
Then I can respect that you're going to fake the ball to this guy and then and then look down the field and throw. If you can't really run the ball, you're running play action just in the hopes that they might do it so your quarterback gets some kind of advantage. That's why teams overwhelmingly will run a lot of play action. If they have a quarterback that they got to protect and try to get him some kind of advantage. And that's what we saw in this game against the Cowboys. I can't even I can't tell you any clearer than that. That's what it was. And the, the young man is doing well. Like I said last week, he's doing well. And he's doing he's going above and beyond what we would normally expect for the last dude picked in the draft. But there's a reason why he was the last dude picked in the draft. And there's a reason why Kyle Shanahan at every turn has tried to trade and get a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. They traded away three first-round picks to get a guy who they saw play one game in college his last year. He played one real season in college the year before that. They did all this because they think that dude gives them a premium. If he can get, if he can get the experience and learn how to really play, that dude is going to make them an over-the-top machine. Can you? I want you to imagine. And, and this is this is what having a quarterback with a cannon for an arm and a guy who can run and get you ten yards on the ground. This is what they do, and this is why we're going to see with Jalen Hurts this week with the Eagles. They make you play eleven-on-eleven football. When you've got a quarterback who can't move or isn't a threat to really run, you're playing 11 on 10. That guy doesn't have to be accounted for. That's why nowadays the NFL, they're always trying to get these guys who can run and throw. That's why a Josh Allen is such a dangerous weapon. That's why Patrick Mahomes is amazing because he can, he can throw laser you to death from the pocket, but he can also run for 10 to 15 yards on you. That's why Joe Burrow is amazing. Joe Burrow can run on you. That's why Lamar Jackson has an MVP, because he can run and throw on you. You have to account for that, and it makes the defense it makes the defense scared out of their minds. You're not scared if you know where that guy's going to be all the time. You're just not. So I get it. It's a nice story. Why can't it just be a nice story? The kid came out of nowhere. He's looking good. He's the underdog. But I know why we do this. Because somewhere in our own brains and our collective thoughts, we love this underdog story because we think that it could be us. We think that, yo, I could come out of nowhere and be that great at something too or be that good at something too. And you can't. I'm telling you, you can't. The odds are that you can't. I'm sorry to, to dash your hopes and dreams, but the odds are you can't. And the odds are showing us every step of the way that we're getting more competition for Brock Purdy that there are levels to this. And yeah, they snuck out and got that win against the Cowboys because the defense was insane. But this week is about to be another different monster right here. And I've been saying it all along. You're going to see why you need the talent at that position. Yes, the Niners got a lights out defense. Yes, the Niners have skilled positions everywhere. But when you got to go to Philadelphia, play against that raucous crowd, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be cold. You're going to have to make those throws against the number two defense left in the playoffs behind us with all pro corners, all pro defensive linemen, Hell, the Eagles had 73 sacks this year. I don't think we understand. They had three dudes on their line with double-digit sacks. And if you saw the clip 
of what Michael Parsons did to, to, to McGlinchey, where he just threw him down to Reggie White, you know, just shuck, shucked him. Man, it is about to be trouble, trouble this weekend. But I ain't going to get ahead of myself with the picks yet. I just want to tell you what I saw this weekend. And all I want to say is, please stop disrespecting Patrick Mahomes. Please put some respect on that man's name. We have never seen anything like this. There's him, and then there's everybody else. Be back after the break. So I don't know if you guys, uh, well, I'm sure you guys have seen the news or heard the news already, but uh, the Carolina Panthers hired Frank Reich as their new head coach. And if you're wondering who Frank Reich is and why he might be relevant here, uh, Frank Reich was a former uh, quarterback in the NFL. He's a backup for the Buffalo Bills uh, behind Jim Kelly, back in those old Bills teams that were balling out. Um, he actually was the quarterback where they came back to, um, I think they came back and beat, I want to say it was the, uh, they came back and beat the Houston Oilers and Frank Reich, Jim Kelly got injured. Frank Reich played in the game and led them to what is now, I want to say, the second greatest comeback of all time because the Vikings have the first greatest comeback of all time now uh, after beating uh, the the Colts, who Frank Reich was the head coach of before he got fired this year, middle of the season. Uh, Colts decided they had had enough, got rid of Frank Reich in the middle of the season, brought in Jeff Saturday, and he was terrible too. But the Carolina Panthers started out this season with Matt Rule, who had no business ever being a NFL head coach at all. But he did a great job coaching at Temple, and that somehow turned into, yo, this dude should be coaching the NFL. He came to the NFL and was hot garbage, got fired after starting out 1-4 this year. I mean, hell, they won five games each year. Four games and then five games each of the first two years Matt Rule was there. Then they started out one and four, and they fired him. And their offensive coordinator was Steve Wilkes, and they made him the interim coach. And from one and four, the Carolina Panthers went six and six after that. They played 500 ball after firing their coach. You know what else the Carolina Panthers did that, that happened before Steve Wilkes took over as the interim head coach? They traded away their best player. That would be Christian McCaffrey. Traded him away. Gave him to the 49ers. And Steve Wilkes still went 6-6. Six and six. His quarterback. Ah, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Didn't have a Joe Burrow. Did not even have a Brock Purdy. He had Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield being boo-boo all over the field and still found a way. Hell, at sometimes he had P.J. Walker in there playing quarterback and found a way to go 6-6. Six and six. And what did he get for his troubles of leading that team and getting them to respectability and almost in the playoffs and winning that division? Passed over for a guy who just got fired midseason this year. Black coaches keep getting the shaft in this league. This is ridiculous. I couldn't believe it when I saw that because I thought there was no, I thought for sure 
they were going to give this dude a job. Hell, if you guys know anything about Steve Wilkes, he was also the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals for one season. One season where they drafted Josh Rosen and he was trash and they couldn't get any damn games, couldn't win any damn games. They fired him after one year as the head coach. Brought in Cliff Kingsbury, drafted, uh, oh, oh boy, the, 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 the little, little short quarterback. And guess what happened to Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury now? He's fired too. Steve Wilkes has been getting the shaft at every turn in the NFL. And I just want to make sure I say something about it and that you hear something about it and put it in your head. Because we always want to talk about this stuff. Oh, well, maybe there was, he just wasn't the best guy for the job. And you know that's bullshit. You know that there's dudes getting hired without any merit. Cliff Kingsbury couldn't even win in college. And that dude is going to be an NFL head coach over Steve Wilkes. He got a job over Steve Wilkes. Got fired Steve Wilkes and gave him a job. Matt Rule had no business being in the NFL coaching. Frank Reich. Yo, what are we talking about? Oh, we need we want we want to hire a new offensive genius. Where where's the genius? Indianapolis Colts have been terrible. He just got fired. Oh, well, he coached, he was coaching uh, on that Eagles team. He was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles team when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he wasn't calling no plays. That was Doug Peterson. I'm sick and tired of having to see these these stories about the Rooney rule and we got to do better. Hell, we had that whole thing about uh, your boy, Jerry Jones, was up in the news. and They had the thing about him him being up there at the, uh, you know, trying to keep the black kids from going to his school. And I wasn't even killing him on that because, yo, he was in Arkansas as a kid. That's what they were doing back then. Hopefully he grew up and learned something. The problem and the thing that Jerry isn't helping, it's 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 right here. Jerry could have been had helped push this diversity thing, help push black coaches into a better position to be able to get hired by doing it himself with the Dallas Cowboys, and he never did it. And now we're seeing all around the league when these kind of things come up, black coaches just not getting opportunities and chances to prove their mettle. Why is that? Why? And if you're one of those people that says, oh, why, why do we need to have a Rooney rule? Why do we need to have a further action? Because of shit like this. That, that, this is the reason why you have to have a Rooney rule. Why you, and it doesn't even work. It doesn't even work. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to tell these rich billionaire white dudes what to do with their money and who, what to do with their team. You need the boss hog of them all to show them, yo, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to get down like this, and let's let the chips fall where they may. It's sad, man, and it, I feel bad for Steve Wilkes. And I don't even know the man. I just feel bad for the situation because you got to feel like, yo, I came in here and changed. I turned this whole thing around, and that wasn't good enough. They still want to go somewhere else. I'm here. I know these players. He's got the players in the locker room endorsing him, tweeting out, talking on the media. Yo, we want Wilkes. We ride with Wilkes. He came and did it for us. We, 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 we turn it around. We want to go forward with him. And at some point, I hate to talk about people's money and what players should be doing. But at some point, these players got to step up and just be like, yo, we ain't doing this, man. If y'all ain't going to rock with the people that we want to rock with 
It can't just keep being management figuring, deciding what they're going to do at every turn without taking into account the dudes who actually are the product and the dudes who make this thing go. We'll see what happens this offseason with D'Amico Ryans. You know what I'm saying? The D'Amico Ryans of the world. Uh, 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 oh, boy, your, your, your coordinator, Kevin. Um, uh, Raheem Morris. Uh, man, we're we going to see. I'm just fed up with it, and I'm tired of seeing this happen to, to good cats. Tired of seeing people. I mean, hell, Brian Flores got fired in Miami. Got a lawsuit against the NFL for, for, for discrimination. Steve Wilkes is part of the lawsuit. Hey, hell, you think this ain't bolster up his lawsuit anymore right here? It's just ridiculous, man. We'll be back with Reggie's Picks. Uh, uh, uh. It's Reggie's Picks. We in the house. Let's get this money. Because I got this money. Last week. Let's eat. All right, Kevin, what you got? I made that up on the fly. You hear me? I was, it, it rhymed, too, Kevin. You hear it? It rhymed. It was dope. And I got to say, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start off with the AFC Championship. Bengals at the Chiefs. The recap of last year. Will it be a repeat? <sighs> okay, so right now, the line. This line has been crazy all over the place. When it opened up, I, I saw it open up first as a pick em, and I jumped on it and took Cincinnati. Then I saw it go over to Cincinnati minus one because uh, because we didn't know about Patrick Mahomes' leg. And then as Patrick Mahomes has videos coming out and they're seeing him practice and work out and do all this stuff, the line has been moved back up to Kansas City. I believe Kansas City is minus one and a half, which isn't great because normally they give you minus three just for being at home. But I think they're still taking into account Patrick Mahomes is not 100%, so we got to see what his leg is looking like. And the Bengals beat them last year, and Joe Burrow is 3-0 against them, so we got all that stuff working, right? I'm just going to give you the facts of the game. Okay, it's going to be cold there, and that is the later game, right? So that game starts at 3.30, but it's actually 5.30 their time in Kansas City. So it'll probably be about 27, not even 27, it'll be about 20 degrees out there, okay? About 20 degrees, so it's going to be cold. Patrick Mahomes looked really bad getting rolled up on his ankle. I have to believe that he's going to be a little hampered. And with him being hampered, that changes the way that he plays the game. Kansas City Chiefs don't have a Tyreek Hill. They don't have a Jamar Chase. They don't have a T. Higgins. They don't have a two-headed running game with, with Mixon and P. Ryan, right? But what they do have is Patrick Mahomes and some good players, some Travis Kelsey. Their defense is good. Not great. Their front seven is pretty good. The defense for the Bengals, pretty good. But the offense is what puts them over the top. I'm going with the Bengals in this game just because I think they're the better team. I think they're the healthier team. Now, their offensive line is hampered, and that's going to be an issue. We're going to see if they can get to them. And they were playing in the snow last week, so it was easier for offensive linemen to, be, to defend a pass rush when everybody's slushing around the snow. Now there shouldn't be any snow. We should be able to be heads up and see what's going on. And maybe these offensive linemen look like backups. But for my money, I got to go with Burrow and this offense over the Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bengals plus one and a half. And I think it's a low scoring game. So I would say under 47 and a half, which is what they got it there right now. So that's what I got. I got Bengals plus one and a half. 
under 47 and a half. What do you think, Kevin? I totally agree. All right, so we go to the NFC Championship game. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. But even if, even if, even if Burrow beats him, Patrick Mahomes still the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, absolutely. what do we got next? Absolutely, absolutely agree. Definitely the better quarterback. All right, so Niners at the Eagles. Ugh, I don't like you Eagles fans. Sorry, but I can't believe I got to root for the Niners in this one. But being a Ram uh, fan, it, it's tough, but I'll take it over the, the Eagles. Uh Niners got a better team overall. Offense, defense, okay. everything better. Okay. So, as you all know, I'm a 49er fan. I come off sometimes as a hater because I just tell people the truth of what's going on, what I think. Okay? The Eagles all season long have been the best team in the NFL. Right? They had their little stretch where they couldn't really stop the run. But what they do? They went and they added, um, oh, boy, they got from the Bears. They traded for a dude from the Bears and, and got – help stop their run defense hooked up their run defense right they've already had all pros in the secondary they got two all pro corners like i said earlier their defensive line three dudes had double digit sacks as a team they have 73 sacks and on offense they have a guy that makes you play 11 on 11 football and we saw last week against the giants Jalen Hurts looked just fine. He was running, he was throwing, and the Giants weren't too much of a, you know any kind of hiccup for him. The Niners' defense is going to be more formidable, but the problem with the Niners' defense, the weakness of the Niners' defense, which we talked about a couple weeks ago when we saw DK Metcalf coming from Seattle, and I was scared because the Niners' DBs cannot cover good receivers. They bank on Nick Bosa, getting pressure and that defense getting pressure for them to not have to cover on the back end for so long. But the problem with that this week with the Niners defensive line is they're playing the best offensive line in football. They've got, they've got Jason Kelsey. They've got, uh, they got Lane, uh, Lane, Lane Johnson. Their other tackle, the right tackle. I mean, the left tackle is a monster. Their offensive line is the best offensive line in football. They have two number one receivers on the outside, speed guys as well. They're running game with Miles Sanders. And I just think it's going to come down to Brock Purdy having to be the guy that makes it happen. And I'm not running. My money is not going on a seventh round last pick in the draft to be a game changer in the NFC Championship. There's never been... And uh, there's never been a rookie to win the Super Bowl, and there's never been a rookie winning to win the uh, NFC Championship game. It has never happened, and I don't think it happens this weekend. I took the Eagles minus two and a half. I just think that they're the better, they're the better team. They have a better quarterback, and they're at home. They should win this game. So I'm going Eagles minus two and a half. I'm sorry, Niner fans. I, I love y'all. I'm hoping. I hope we can win. I just don't think that we will. And I'm going to also take the under, 46. I think these two defenses are just too stacked. Hell, we saw last week with Dallas Cowboys defense. They bottled up the Niners offense. What the hell do you think the Philadelphia defense is going to do? It's going to be a little bit of trouble. I'm going Eagles minus 2.5 and, and under 46. What do you think, Kevin? It's going to be a close game, but uh, I do think the Niners can pull it off. All right. Well, we're going to see. We'll compare. You know, we'll talk, we'll talk through the game. So we'll compare and we'll see. Yo, Thank y'all so much for listening. 
I'm Reggie Watkins. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment. Please don't be hating. If you like the podcast, share it, tell a friend, and make sure you find us wherever you wherever you find us. Just find us somewhere, but mainly Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com, the Believe Podcast Network. We're there. That's our home. Appreciate y'all. Have a great championship weekend. See y'all soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.